People have told stories of the strange and supernatural for centuries. Tales of the restless dead return to haunt the living. Whispers of damned souls doing the devil's bidding on earth. Rumors of inhuman things that still hunt the old forests, untouched by the glare of modern life. There may be more to these stories than you could ever imagine. Join us tonight as we delve into the deeper truth inside these mysteries. Hello and uh, welcome to the realms of the supernatural. How the devil are you all? I'm Andy Macker. And I'm Lee Solway, broadcasting to you from Great Grimsby. Well, it's Grimsby. It's not great, is it? Famous for fish and little else. Used to be. Well, no yeah. Fish, no much fishing now, is there? Nope. Blame, blame, that, from, uh, blame that on the European Union. Yeah, definitely, mate. We won't talk about that. No. No. This is a uh, paranormal podcast. So, so uh, we're going to that, Lee. Well, we're literally just on our way out uh, to go ghost hunting, aren't we? Tonight, yes. Next couple of, well, about an hour, an hour and a half, aren't we? Yeah. Um, wait till it's dark. I've got all the equipment ready. Well, I've got a few pieces of equipment. I can't take it all up there. Because you'll see, no, it was that pitch dark down there. I'd rather just go and uh, just take a lot of photographs. It's that dark track. That what's really uh, gets me. Because we'll go down, we'll go to a track now. I just want to take a lot of photos of the track and that's see what we pick up. We'll go and experience it. Anything we pick up, any audio, uh, any uh, photographs that are really uh, significant, we shall put up on the Hangout. Mm. And Instagram. Instagram as well, absolutely. We also have a a Facebook page now, so I'd be very uh, appreciative if you would kindly go across and like that. Um, Many, many reasons. But you can also leave like... some sort of like I don't know if, what it's called, but it's like a review mm. of, the, of the actually leave a review on there. So those people who haven't got access to iTunes, and I know that's like I don't know at least fifty percent of the audience, maybe more, they can't they can't actually do obviously leave an iTunes review. But that, that's another way you can leave a review, and it's all, it's all you know it's all the same to us. So uh, we appreciate everyone, whether it's on Facebook or Stitcher or iTunes, whatever. Wherever, wherever you go and wherever you find us. Yeah, you know, that's just it. come and let us know. Yeah, right, so we are going to be looking at the Exeter UFO case. This is in New Hampshire in the States. Interesting case. For me, I like it because of the Air Force response. Obviously, mm. Blue Book, Blue Book uh, get involved and their response is uh, pretty, pretty obvious. Uh, so, I like it for that reason. It's a good case. Uh, we are looking at another UFO case, but I don't want to do it on the back of this one. Yeah, of course. But that's coming up shortly. Uh, I've also got here a UFO story sent in by a listener, um, which incl- includes a story that happened just up the road in Lauf. Mm. Um, there was a wind turbine that got crashed into. A bit close to well, us, isn't it? I say that? crashed into. There was a wind turbine that got damaged, shall we say. Uh, oh, yes, the, we, yeah, the, yes, the, the conjecture, if you like, was that uh, something had flown into it. Mm. Um, the Obviously, the people in charge said, no, 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 it's just a malfunction. One of the blades fell off um, and crashed into the other blade, which is, you know, understandable. Yeah, understandable, could happen. The only problem with that is that they said, we're going to carry out an investigation. As soon as we know, you'll know. And then it sort of went quiet for a week or so. Then it popped up back in the news. People asking the question, you know, what what happened then? You know, mm. have you done your report? And they said, oh, yeah, we've done the report, but uh, we'll put an embargo on it. I think it was 20 years. So you can't even read the damage report for 20 years. Now, why would you do that if it's just fell off? Yeah. I mean, you have got industrial and espionage, I guess. 
Maybe they don't want... What, for a wind turbine? Come well, on, Lee. There's, Come on. Yeah, but there's more, there's more than one company making them, isn't there? So... Are they, are they Look, there? I'm just playing devil's advocate. Yeah, of course right, you are, okay, mate, but, but a wind turbine, you know, yeah. <laughs> not James Bond stuff. Well, that, no, well, I don't know though. You don't know. Well, you don't know. You yeah, don't know what they well, put you, out. No, I well, mean, I've had apparently these wind turbines. Um, they apparently allegedly knock out some uh, lethal radiation. Mm. Um, well, I wouldn't have thought so. Well, I'm, I'm saying, but the, the, there's a, a lady in America. I can't remember her name now. Um, she's done a lot of research, and you know, around the timber, there's nothing grows around them. There's nothing that the the you know the flowering or greenery flower. They just just bare. There's nothing that grows around them, and the cattle they keep well away from it. Mm. So there must well, be something. Well, I mean, you know, yeah, I, I yeah, suppose yeah. they wouldn't, wouldn't go near it anyway. With the noise, it was the silent, aren't they? Mm, a little bit of a noise, isn't there? Yeah, there's a bit. I imagine. You know, yeah, what? but then you've got to talk about frequency as well. What we can hear, what they can hear. Correct. So obviously the cattle maybe yeah. hear different frequencies. But, but anyway, interesting. I'm, I'm a bit of it is interesting that they seem to build them in, um, should we say, sparsely populated areas. Not not people. I mean, just anything. Mm. It's like they they put them on like in an open field or in the sea yeah. or yeah. You know, I don't know. And maybe that just work better like that. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, uh, that's wind turbines. That's yeah. coming up in a minute. So, yeah, so I just wanted to do a quick review before we go any further, uh, before I forget. Uh, a few people have bought T-shirts this week, so thank you, thank you, thank, thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Obviously, much appreciated. Those people will be sending us uh, snaps of their amazing merchandise, so we yes. will put them up on Facebook. Yes, please. Etc. Yeah. Yep. So... If anyone wants to know how to get to the shop, it's just go to the website. In fact, I'll put a link on Facebook anyway, but just yeah. go to the website. It's just realmofthesupernaturalpodcast.com and just you see on the menu there, shop. Okay, this one's from the UK. It says, love you guys. This is from Little Rat Bag, and uh, I'm sure she's not. Mm. And it's a five-star review, so thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, it says, always enjoy listening to your podcast. Love the dry sense of humor and your thoughts on a lot of these subjects. Very interested in the Hatman stories. I am full of supernatural stories from my life and family's life. Uh, love you from Liverpool. Yeah. I mean, love from Liverpool, even. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, okay. Great review. Thank you very much. And you've got some from the States. Just those okay, stuff. right. I've got one here from um, Von Dutch 616. Uh, okay, stories, but the way the stories are read makes it sound like nobody read them prior. A simple pre-read would make you sound much better. Yeah, no shit. Mm, yeah. Uh, oh, I got I got one from. Uh, thanks for that. Yeah, thanks. Uh, for well, that, yeah. actually, on that, obviously, um, we're sort of changing the format of the show a little bit. Where yeah, we're we sort are. of producing the story um, as, a, as a, just a set story, rather mm. than uh, you know breaking up with. Because we normally sort of talk about these things as like stop and start. Yeah. So we're trying to keep the story as well as much as we can as just a flow. Yeah. Uh, which will obviously. Um, I think we need also again. We will do this. I mean, I think maybe we we might go live tonight, depending on the signal near the investigation place. If I get a signal, I'll go live. If not, we'll we can always do a live show in the next couple of weeks, can't we? Mm. So I do enjoy going live. Yes. Anyway, yeah. well, again, if anyone's on our Facebook or YouTube, yeah. Or whatever, they'll get the notification, so you'll be able to see us in the field. As yeah, uh, another five star here from uh, Big No No. Uh, it just says in great capital letters, "Great listen." Anyway, it says, uh, "Just discovered your podcast. Really enjoying your style and chat. Not a lot of fluff from music or otherwise. Excited to hear more of your shows. 
plus those sexy accents. Mm. Oh, yeah. Which one? Mine or yours, Lee? Could be both. One of mine. Uh, anyway, love from America. Thank yeah. you very much, America. I know. We should thank, we uh, we should thank America because... Absolutely. You know, We've got a huge audience Absolutely. I'd say... What we 80%? Eight, at least 80%. 80%. At least easy. 80% of the audience is American. American. So if you're Fantastic. listening to America... Lovely, lovely Thank people. you very much. Thank you very much indeed. Um... So I don't know if I, I don't know why that is. I don't know if it's just the UK is a little bit. I think the UK is a little bit behind the times on podcast. Um, I think we're, get, we're getting there now because yeah, the BBC is getting involved. And there's a lot of more sports podcasts and this yeah. sort of shit. So it's slowly growing in the UK. But yeah, we've got a few we've got a few good followers in the UK and, and other bits around the world. Lots, but yeah. But America is, is our main, yeah, you know, yeah, our main part. But anyway, thank absolutely. you very much, America. Mm-hmm. So right, so. I'm just going to play the story now okay. to give people sort of like an overview of what happens here. Yep. And then what we'll do is we'll come back and, and I'm going to go through a few of the points of the aftermath, if you like. Yeah, we'll both go through it together. And um, see what you, you know, see, you'll see where I'm coming from, where I'm yeah. at. I think this is interesting based on that. It was the early hours of the morning, about 2am, on September 3rd, 1965, when Norman Muscarello, 18 year old at the time, was walking home from his girlfriend's house in Amesburg, Massachusetts. He'd been to see her that night and having no car, he often would walk the few miles home, sometimes catching a ride via hitchhiking. This particular night, the traffic was light, and so he was unable to catch a ride. As he walked, he approached a farm owned by the Dinning family. A few hundred yards away from the house in a nearby woods, he noticed a glowing light. At first believing this to be nothing more than farmyard machinery, he paid very little attention to it. That is until the object rose from the woods. The object was bright, clearly metallic, oval in shape, with five red flashing lights. The object seemed to notice Muscarello and headed towards him, making no noise whatsoever. Frightened, Muscarello jumped into a ditch. The object hovered over him, and then after a brief while, it glided back to where it came from, eventually dipping down back behind the woods. At this point, Muscarello took his chance to run to the farmhouse and bang frantically on the door. Unfortunately, nobody was home, so he took off running down the road. A car soon came by. Muscarello waved his arms and begged them to stop. The couple did and he told them what he'd seen. They offered to give him a ride to the local police station. Luckily for Muscarello, Officer Reginald Toland, known as Scratch to his friends, was working the night shift, and when Muscarello burst in and told him his story, he wasn't impressed, but he knew Muscarello to be an upstanding character, high school graduate with ambitions of joining the Navy. He knew him, he was not prone to flights of fancy, and so he took his story mildly serious. 
At this point, he radios Officer Eugene Bertrand. Bertrand listens to the radio message, but doesn't dismiss it out of hand. For earlier that night, Officer Eugene Bertrand had found two ladies parked in a car on Route 101, clearly shaken and confused. When he asked them what was going on, they said that they'd been followed by a low-flying silver object with red flashing lights. They pointed across the field. Officer Bertrand could see something in the distance, but couldn't quite make it out. And knowing that an Air Force base was nearby, presumed it just to be a military aircraft. It took him 15 minutes to calm the women down. But when they calmed down, he sent them on their way and thought nothing more about it until he got the radio message from Officer Tolan. He was curious, and so he decided to come back to the station, pick up Muscarello, and drive him back to the Dinnan's farm. The two pull up outside the farm, jump out the patrol car, and start to walk towards the farm. At first, everything seems to be normal, although Officer Bertrand could clearly hear that the farmyard animals were very agitated. They walk down the farm track. Just as Officer Bertrand's about to call it a night, the object rises from the woods once more. These are the same woods that Muscarello reported seeing the object. Officer Bertrand's first reaction is to drop to his knee and pull out his service revolver and aim it at the craft, before quickly realising this would be futile and reholstering his weapon. The object again seemed to notice the two men and move towards them. Officer Bertrand described the object as being a huge dark object as big as a barn, as big as the barn over there, with red flashing lights on it. He'd later go on to describe the sequence the lights played. The sequence went 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, and so forth. Now some skeptics make a note of this. As a military refueling aircraft displays the same combination of lights. After a short while, the object lifted back up and flew back towards the woods. Officer Bertrand needed someone else to witness this, so he radioed Officer Dave Hunt. Officer Bertrand and Muscarello watched the object for a few minutes until Officer Hunt arrived. Officer Hunt jumps out his car, walks over to the two men, in total astonishment. And all three men watch the craft, rising and dipping back into the woods. They say it moved like the motion of a leaf falling from a tree. Then, all of a sudden, the object rises out of the woods and shoots off at a high rate of speed. 20 seconds later, Bertrand notes a B-47 bomber flies over the location. The object doesn't return that night, and so Bertrand takes Muscarello home before going back to the station and filing a report, as did Officer Hunt.
Okay, so we leave off there, kind of where they've both the officers gone to make their report. Right. Okay, so then the fallout after this is where I think it gets interesting. So you've got the the police chief sits down the next day and he reads the report. Okay, and um, he's not going to just dismiss it out of hand because mm. um, he's got more than one witness to it but obviously he's got three witnesses there yeah. in the report but there's two of them are police officers so what he decided to do is contact Peace Air Force Base which is 11 miles away from where they're situated in a place called Newington um, now he gets in touch with them and they basically tell him that they're going to send some people over to do an, you know, an interview with the officers etc and they also tell him not to let anybody uh, get this out into the public, make no reports of this. Ah, right, okay, know. so keep but, quiet. But unfortunately, what had happened in the meantime is the the two officers involved were to got around because obviously when Bertrand took Muscarello back to his house, he told his mum what had happened. And so the next day she starts talking, Muscarello's talking, where gets around and eventually a journalist by the name of John G. Fuller contacts, I think he works for the Saturday Review magazine, I think it was at right. the time, or, or the Manchester Union leader, one of the two, or both. And he gets in touch with the officers, and he basically has a little brief interview of them, and they tell him exactly what happened. So the ball's already rolling. Right. Okay. So the Air Force are trying to stop it, but they take a couple of days to get down, and in the meantime, it's already everywhere. And once his story goes into print... We get a few more witnesses coming forward as well, not just the, the, the three guys that I mentioned in the story there. So, lots of people saw it. So, the Air Force send over a Major David Griffin and a Lieutenant Alan Brandt, okay? And they basically come in, interview the two officers, okay. and tell them that it was nothing more than an operation that was carrying out on Peace Air Force Base that night, uh, which was called Big Blast. And it was, um, you know, a full military exercise, planes, the lot. And they're saying what they saw is nothing more than the, the B-47 bombers that were taking part in the exercise, etc., etc. Um, the only problem with that is, straight away, straight off the bat, if you like, is that that exercise was meant to finish at 1 a.m. Okay? Right, okay. So the first witness, which Bertrand saw, the lady on the, the bypass, she saw it about midnight time, okay? So potentially this is within the scope of that exercise. Okay. Um. Why it would be following her for twelve miles, you know, a plane is anyone's mm. guess. It wouldn't, but, would it? Well, you wouldn't wouldn't have thought so, would you? So, no. so let's just say that you know, but that is in within the time frame. The only problem, obviously, with the rest of the story is that Muscarella doesn't leave his girlfriend's house till two a.m. Right, okay, okay, and then he sees it after that, and then obviously they're there for a while. He goes back to the police station, comes back again, and then Hunt comes later on. So you're talking mm. now, probably somewhere in the region of what. Is it fair to say 3 a.m.? Yeah, we'll, we'll get up to 3 a.m. So Possibly. Two hours so you're looking, after the exercising. Yeah, at least. Yeah, right, okay. So, so I mean, obviously these things can overrun. Mm. Yeah, of course they can. But they've sort, of, they've sort of said in their report that this is what it was and give the, the report of the, over, the overall exercise and said it was finished at 1. Right, no, okay. no, no, no mention of it finishing later. It's just the... You know, it's just a... Quick way to shut them up, okay? Hmm. Okay, so 
I mentioned in there the KC-97 refueling plane, which is meant to be taking part in this exercise, and whether it was or not, I don't know. I mean, this comes up later on when Joe Nickel uh, gets involved, and, you know, he's an ardent skeptic, and he goes around talking bullshit, basically. Now, a lot of these cases, I've got no problem with skeptics, if if they just say what the truth if you if you don't fucking know just say yeah. i don't know right yeah. so, so always what i've always said about it if you don't know just say you don't fucking know yeah, don't make some shit up right well skeptics are well paid aren't they mm. well paid well he is yeah just bring yeah. bullshit that's what they're paid for and he he comes up with his theory that it was just a refueling plane etc and obviously i'll, I'll go i'm gonna go into the details yeah. of why that's stupid but we'll get onto that a little bit in, in a minute well some will buy it again some won't well so. some it's an easy it's an easy out that's what a lot of people want an easy out people uh mm. want to be able to just say this happened uh and that's it we don't go no further then yeah as long as you can you've got a you know this is your answer so 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 someone says to you oh what about what happened in the exit of the other night you could say oh it was a refueling plane Mm. That's it then. As far as you're concerned, the conversation's over. Yeah. Right. Well, that's what they want you to be. To, and that's to, what people want. Yeah. So, of course it is. Uh, the other thing in in that is uh, Hunt himself. You know, uh, Officer Hunt was a basically a hard and skeptic as well. Mm. Uh, and he actually said when he turned up, he said the first thing he said is he opened the patrol car door and jumped out. He said to the two guys there, he said uh, Muscarello and uh, Officer Bertrand. He says, um, "How much you guys had to drink?" Right. And they say, well, obviously, you know, nothing. You know, this is true. Yeah. They say, this yeah. is true. And he says, I'm from Missouri and, and it's the show me state. Mm. So he's basically saying, you know, I need to see it to believe it. Mm. And then, fuck me, two seconds later, it pops up from the woods. So he sees it. So, you know, he is, he goes, I mean, he goes in there with a, a skeptical mind, okay? Yeah. Even though he's heard the reports and he's asked him to come out there, he said he's seen it himself. He still comes there thinking, there's got to be a, there's got to be something to this, yeah. and then obviously when he sees it himself, he changes his mind. Okay, so Air Force investigation then. So Major Griffin and Lieutenant Brandt, okay, come to interview the three men. They talk about not putting in the paper. Now this is getting around a lot. Okay, that yeah. This is you know, a lot of people have seen it now. So. A demonstration is organised because they're saying that it was just the exercise of the mm. base, okay, which again is eleven miles away. So they uh, organised this demonstration. Same t- same time and night, everybody comes out, and then this uh, major comes and he, he goes up on this platform and he says, "Right, look in this direction. This is where the base is, and I'm going to mm. turn all the lights on in the base in a minute, and you're going to see mm. what you saw on that night. It's nothing more than just the lights from the Air Force Base joining exercise. Right. So they're all stood there. Everyone's there. There's a massive crowd gathered because, like I say, this has got around now. Everyone yep. is questioning what happened. So he stands on the platform and he says, right, turn on the lights into his little radio, yeah? Nothing happens. So he says, uh, um, turn on the lights. And then the radio com- radio message comes back saying, boss, the, the fucking lights are on. Oh, <laughs> Can't right. see shit. So he jumps back in his car, so head down and just sure. gone. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the first sort of way they tried to um, to get out of it. Didn't work. I don't think it was that exercise, mm. personally. No. I think it's, it seems a little bit... Um, obviously, it's coincidental that was happening on the same night. And maybe these UFOs, whatever they were, wherever they're from... Maybe there was interest in that exercise. I don't know. Possible, yeah. The, unless the military was doing something, and they you, can't were being out, you can't rule out. You can't rule out 
you know, some sort of secret military craft, can yeah. you? But why it would be uh, hovering over a farm is uh, anybody's guess. Well, they want it out of the way, don't they? They're not going to have it in a major city, are they? No. Not gonna, well, well yeah, but why so over a farm? they're going to put it out of the way in the country not many people are there so they can do what the manoeuvres, what the... They've got plenty of... Test it out, can't they? They've got plenty of room on, you know, their own airfields, haven't they? Yeah, but again, it'll still be seen, won't it? Yeah. Anyway, so that got around. Obviously, that didn't work. So they moved on to this um, B-57s flying in the air. That's what they saw. Uh, and pl- and obviously, the report was filed uh, to Project Blue Book. Right. Okay, so then it sends its response, basically saying that the it's downplaying the witnesses, saying you know, essentially saying the witnesses didn't know what they were looking at. I mean, these are two old police officers. Yeah. Uh, obviously, Muscarello's different, but... They said it. The it on it goes on in their statement to basically say that the that the three men saw nothing more than the stars and planets twinkling. So it was a very clear night mm. that night. Okay, uh, and they said that, that was owing to a temperature inversion. Uh, now you can imagine that um, the police officers weren't particularly amused with that statement. Okay, and they go on to send another letter to Blue Book mm. saying that no, no, that's bollocks. Yeah, you know, you know it. We know it. Everyone knows it's bollocks. In the meantime, NORAD get involved and they write up a, a report and they basically say the same thing, that this was no weather invasion. Mm. There was a, something there. Yeah. What it was, we don't know, but there was definitely something there. Okay, so the two police officers send a letter back to Project Blue Book, right, which it states, this is what it says. So yep. it says, as you can imagine, we have been subject to considerable ridicule since the Pentagon released its final evaluation yep. of our sighting on September 3rd, 1965. In other words, both patrolmen and myself saw this object at close range, uh, checked it out with each other, confirmed and reconfirmed that it was not any type of conventional aircraft, and we went to considerable trouble to confirm that the weather was clear and there was no wind, no chance of weather inversion, and that what we were seeing was in no way military or civilian aircraft. Uh, Bertrand also noted that the UFO sighting took place nearly an hour after Operation Big Blast was said to have ended, uh, which eliminated the operation as a possible cause of the sighting, okay? Yep. Project Blue didn't respond. Uh, So on December 29th, 1965, nearly four months after the initial sighting, the two men sent another letter to Blue Book in which they wrote, uh, the object that was observed was absolutely silent with no rush of air from jets or chopper blades whatsoever, right? Yep. And it did not have no any wings or tail. It lit up the entire field and two nearby houses turned completely red. So, yeah. So, obviously, that's definitely operating on a different frequency. Mm. And like I say, then you get the uh, NORAD sending their yep. detailed report of this site and then basically saying that the first explanation from... Blue Book was incorrect. Yeah. You know, uh, so then what happens next is um, uh, Lieutenant Colonel John, this is in January of 1966, Lieutenant Colonel John Spaulding basically writes a final report, if you like, saying that based on the additional information submitted to our UFO investigation officer at Wright-Patterson Air Force Base, Ohio, uh, we have been unable to identify the object you observed on the September, uh, September 3rd, 1965. Mm. So in the finish, they come round and say, okay, we don't know what it was. Yeah. So basically, if you like, this case has been left as unsolved. Yeah. Again, well, there's, there's many cases like that. So first of all, they start to ridicule you, make you feel small. Yeah, when that, that doesn't work. Idiot. 
Uh, and if that don't work, especially when a crowd gets involved and more people, more mm. than one, then they start to give some more excuses. And if that don't work, well, we don't know. And then it's like, that's left out. Simple as that. Okay, now that went down the wrong one. Yeah. Pear cider. Cider drinker. Yeah. But yeah, essentially you're right. That's, yeah. that's how it kind of the format in it. Yeah. This goes on to say that later, uh, Muscarello went to his grave insisting that what he saw... As he said in the, that first day, yep. was you know, he took that to his grave room and said, that's mm. definitely what I saw. Never wavered. Uh, Officer Bertrand, he died in 1998, and Hunt died in 2011. And again, they all said to the final day, this happened. Yep. It was unexplained. Yep. It was definitely no <laughs> aircraft, no. conventional aircraft, okay? So in 2010, they exited Kerwin's Club. Uh, started the Exeter UFO Festival as a fundraiser to uh, to uh, benefit children's charities in Exeter mm. area, and they do that now. They have yeah. like a little parade down the street and all that, mm. and they, you know, it's they're quite open about it. So the, here we go. This is this is the uh, Joe Nickel, but I was telling you about before. So in 2011, Joe Nickel, uh, prominent skeptic, and James Bagaha of uh, Major of the U.S. Air Force, retired proposed a possible explanation for the incident, okay, in the Skeptical mm. Inquirer. Uh, as a pilot, Magaha had been refueling in flight by the KC-97 tanker okay. aircraft, uh, the one that was stationed at Peace Air Force Base near Exeter in the 1965. In the article, he claims to have recognised the flashing light pattern reported by the witness, Bertrand and Muscarello, and apparently the lights what were on the craft Muscarello saw the flashed in a sequence, and it was uh, just a, you know red on off uh, one two three four five, and then it went back four three two one, yeah. and then backwards and forwards. Now he says that that's the same se- sequence of lights on this refueler, but and according what, to them both, yeah. before refueling, the underbelly of the KC ninety seven tanker flashes five red, very bright red lights in the same pattern. Now. He also mentions that the refueling boom hung down at 60 degree angle and would filter in the air currents and were not being controlled by the boom operator, hence floating like a leaf. I mean... Mm, you still hear it. You still hear it. You still I mean, hear it. A, an aircraft, right, with yeah. a boom hanging down, yeah. fluttering in the wind, there's no shape or form the same as seeing a fucking craft yeah. going backwards and forwards, yeah. fl- fluttering down like a leaf. You and know? You'd, you'd hear it. And if you, you hear the noise. You hear this a lot in UFO cases. Shag Arbor. The UFO there was meant to have fluttered like a leaf. Mm. There was one in the um, in the desert. I forget where it was now, but the, that the was like there was a UFO landed. Another one came, mm. and when they both took off, I think that was like maybe down for repair or something. I don't know. But when they both took off, the the, the guy who saw it, I think he was a police officer as well. He said that they fluttered like a yeah, leaf. Yeah, the Gobi Desert is really a hot spot. Gobi, Gobi, definitely, definitely. I don't, yeah, think, it was a, I don't think it was Gobi Desert. Gobi is a is a good spot. But, but, I, I know. but the other thing with this is obviously they saw the bomber fly over after mm. the UFO left. So yeah. they, they can clearly tell the difference between a conventional plane and this craft that they saw. Not only the fact that if they were that close to see these lights, well, not close, I mean, you don't have to be close to see the lights, but if they saw this aircraft, the uh, refueling aircraft flying past, surely yeah. they would have heard it. Yeah, of course you would. You know, you'd, and they were saying a, uh, it was that low that it lit up two buildings, right? And you're telling me that a refueling aircraft or any aircraft can come that low where it lights up buildings and you can't hear it, you don't no, feel the wind. No, no. You know. Yeah, I'm, I'm afraid they're telling fibs. 
I definitely think they're telling fibs. I would say that's... Um, yeah. But again, you know, that's an easy out for people. And a lot of people just look at that and go, yep, yeah, my, my mind's made up. That's well, what well, it was. I mean, would you... I mean, I'm not being funny, Lee, but, you know, if someone tried to tell me that, I'd just look at them and say, you know, are you on crack? Are you on drugs? Well, you're on something. It's not yeah. logic. You know, it's not, you know. Something like can light the field up in maybe two or three houses. It's not a conventional uh, bomber, is it? Right, so... That's basically Exeter in a nutshell. I think, like I say, it's it's still unsold, if you like. And I think the, I think what we've gone through here, the temporary invasion, etc. I don't believe any of these really fit the bill. I think we're still looking. For me personally, I think it w- will remain unsolved. Yeah, until, well, they're not going to tell you, are they? They're not going to tell you. Whether they know any more than that, I don't know. Well, again, I think it just came. I, I think it was interested in what was going on, what, what we was doing, what we was parading. Well, what they was parading. Because we we wasn't privy to know it, so I think they just came and had a look, and then they went back again. Okay, on that. So, uh, listener Jazz sent us a, a message in a weird, my weird story. Okay, okay. So keep those coming if anyone's yep. got them out there. Yep, keep them coming, everybody. Send them via uh, supernaturalpod at gmail dot com. Again, you can go to the website and and f- uh, send that in from there, or you can just send it on us Facebook. Yeah. Just. Uh, Direct messages on there on, on Messenger, it's no problem. So we're easy to find on Facebook. Just type Realm of the Supernatural Podcast and you'll see the page or you'll see yeah. the hangout. And, and again, remember to come and like the page because that'd be yeah. a, a if big... you again if you're on Instagram, we'll come and uh, say hello. Mm. We'll have to put the link for the Instagram on. Yeah, well, mine, mine on the show uh, notes. My uh, at the moment, uh, I'm putting stuff off because we're, we're, we're going to build a link for the Instagram. Yeah, most are uh, ghost hunting shit. Whatever we take pictures of is going to go on the Instagram rather than yeah. out else in it. So yeah, that's it. Well, if you're interested, at the moment Andy at... Macker uh, seventy nine. So for now, yeah. Uh, but then it will. I mean, I'm putting photos out Is there. Your age? Putting, well, I don't know what seventy nine come from. Yeah. I'm sure of sixty six. Well, he's saying I'm young. Sixty nine. Sixty six. Anyway, so uh, this is from Jasmine. Okay, so okay. it's took place in the, in the UK. Uh, in September 2007. He said, This was a life-changing event for me. I've always been open-minded and I wanted to experience something like this in my life. The event happened in the UK, central England, where I live. One Friday evening on September, in September 2007, I set off to pick up my wife from work. She works at the local hospital. It's about a five-mile trip. Part of it I go through an outer road on the edge of the town with farmland on either side of Mm. the road. It was about 7.45pm. The sun had just gone down, but it was still light. The sky was clear blue and cloudless. About halfway along this road, I just happened to look up and something caught my eye. I've always been a sky watcher. I slowed the car down a bit to get a better look. Out in front of my windscreen... My first reaction was, my God, what on earth? I was astonished by what I was now looking at. Very high up in the sky was a strange and quite frankly unbelievable object. Now this thing was pinkish orange in colour, rather like that of the setting sun. It seemed to be internally lit. It had an incredible intensity to its light, somewhat like a neon type light but it wasn't shining out any rays. It was a roundish shape, 
at the front like a disc or a sphere. But the standout feature trailing behind was a set of tentacles at least once, uh, one to one and a half times the length of the main body. Mm. I know this sounds unbelievable, but there it was. It was very slow moving across the sky. I could make out the individual tentacles, but I couldn't tell you how many there were, as they were overlapping and gently moving. They were the same colour, pinkish-orange colour, as the main body. The whole thing was as bright as the setting sun. I'm guessing at the size to be at least that of a small aeroplane, but it could have been up to the size of a 747 or bigger, judging by the extreme height and the fact that I could see it. This is a rough, this is a rough guess, though, okay? Mm, yeah. Probably saw for about 20 to 30 seconds before the road dipped down a hill section uh, with tall trees. This is where I lost it. There was the odd car that passed me, but they were oblivious to this wondrous sight. I was now scanning the sky while driving, desperate to catch the object again. About six to eight minutes later, I arrived at the hospital, jumped straight out of the car and started studying the sky for anything out of the ordinary. Well, I got my wish. In one particular part of the sky, lower down than the first object, uh, was a set of at least 15 or more strange light streaks. The best analogy I can come up with is that we're like frozen sparks in random positions and directions. You could describe them as a swarm. My gut reaction was that they must be related to the first technical object I saw just minutes earlier. They were the same colour and had the same intense shine in nature. I think they were the same kind as the first object but at a greater distance. It was an incredible yet eerie sight. My wife turned up the next minute and I pointed these strange swarm-like things out to her. Her reaction was they were just odd. And she was more concerned about getting home after her shift. I told her what I'd seen earlier. Sounds like my missus, that. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. She listened, but she wasn't really interested. And she's not interested in the unexplained or the paranormal events as they make her uneasy. Anyway, fast forward to the following Friday, I rushed to the local Sainsbury supermarket to pick up the local weekly newspaper in vain hope that someone else may have seen this mysterious object and to prove to myself that I wasn't losing my mind or hallucinating. Yeah, okay. I walked into the store and went straight to the newspaper stand. Mm. On the front page of the courier was the headline, Jellyfish UFO Seen in the Skies of Warwick. Hmm. I was gobsmacked and relieved. The previous week, other witness, witnesses had seen the unexplained lights in the sky and a jellyfish-like object at night over a local, a large local park and surrounding areas. The UFO that I witnessed seemed to have an organic quality about it, as though it was a live form or living, mm. a living thing, not unlike an octopus. It was incredible, I know, but... It could have been alive. Uh, then he includes a rough sketch of what he saw, which I'll put on the hangout. Put on the hangout, absolutely. On Instagram yeah. and that, yeah. So he's he sent a picture of the, obviously the jellyfish-like object. Then he sent a picture of the when he looked back and saw that swarm. Um, 
And then, like I say, he also includes the incident that I was just talking about at the beginning, which is the one that happened mm. in Laos for the wind turbine. Um, and you get people in there. Basically, saw it was a jellyfish craft that they saw. If you like, it was like a sphere, a sphere-shaped craft. Mm. Uh, some people have described it as having tentacles hanging down. Some people yeah. have described the tentacles as being like um, bolts of lightning coming from it mm. and heading down to the ground. Did so you see that? Sparking. Did you have a, a? I mean, I mean, obviously, you watched some episode of Star Trek: Next Generation. Mm. Did you ever watch that one? Any, any episodes of it? Well, in that it's, one, there is a. a um, I think even the listeners might say, yeah, it was one where the it's like this craft came over a planet and it tipped, tipped over, and it was actually a jellyfish, and its tentacles came down, and it what it did it was it was its part its mate was on the planet, you know, and so you thought it was a UFO coming over this planet, and the, the Star Trek was watching, they didn't intervene, they watched it, and then they say this craft just turned over, and then it, it was a jellyfish, its tentacles mm-hmm. came down. So again, yeah. is it put into the movies? You know, to tell you. Um, well, there is um, there is um, a thought that these, like he, he talks like in there. So you're saying there could be life forms. He talks it? about them in there being organic. And right. I have heard other people mention this theory where we think that there's uh, some sort of, like, I don't know, some sort of plasma-like being mm. uh, that maybe we can't see with our eyes. But on right. occasions like that where the sun's just setting at the right angle or I don't know. They they show up almost, but these things live in our atmosphere. They're mm. like, um, you know, like the, the whale of the sea, where it's just mm. feeding on plankton. Yeah, um, essentially nothing. These what, things fly around the sky. What do you just think eating. of the rods then? Because I mean, they're, they're the flying rods because they they operate on a certain yeah. level, don't they? And people, I mean, people pick them up on the cameras without you know by accident. Yeah, if mo- yeah, know. I guess most people are familiar with rods, and they are not. Essentially, you know, if you Google rod photos or rod, yeah. rod orb photos, something like that, yeah. a lot of people get these um, photographs where they see this like a, it looks like a, it was quite that's why it's called a rod. It's like yeah. a little line. Um, but they do have a flight plan. They're, they're not they aren't random. Well, they do seem they to, to go they do down, seem so, to ju- yeah so move they, about a little bit. Have, to, to me, yeah. a lot of those, I would say, I don't know, I can't give you a percentage, but a lot of those. To me, look like they could just be an insect. Yeah. Um, and the, the strange thing is, is why people don't seem to see them with their eyes. Yeah. So again, that could be because we can't see them with our eyes. Maybe the camera can pick up something we can't see, or I don't know. I just, or it's just a bug, and so it moves that fast. You didn't see it. Or you want looking for it. I mean, you see bugs all the time, but because if you're taking a yeah. photograph, you're not going to think, yeah. oh, I'm going to take that photograph because I'm going to take that photograph again because a fucking bee went past. Yeah. There, you know this what is I mean? nighttime when you've got to be careful because when you're nighttime doing this, uh, ghost investigations and you've got a book, that can turn into an orb. You know, that could be an orb. Well, this you is know, your you problem. Yeah, this is your problem uh, with flash photography. Yeah, yeah. This, so it could, oh, it's an orb there, but no, it's a bug. Mm. You know, so you've got to be careful. You've got to know. I've got a thing here, right? It's very interesting to me. Right? The government did. They admitted it, right? that they had spent $22 million, right, to investigate unidentified flying objects. The Americans. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, after 70 years of keeping the government, the installation known as Area 51, under wraps, Uncle Sam conceded that, yes, it did exist, and yes, some super-secret stuff went on there. Anyway, Obviously. so it's perfectly logical that... Uh, Angelino's gazing into a darkness sky around 5.30pm Friday would assume their city was in the midst of an alien invasion as they saw this. This is the jellycraft fit, uh, this, this craft. Anyway, Elon Musk, the billionaire entrepreneur who ultimately wants the people on a space-bound megabus, 
Well, so does uh, Richard Branson, doesn't he? As soon as possible, yeah. Yeah, of course I do, yeah. He's going to take you to space. Hopefully. shit. Anyway, they fan the flames by saying on Twitter that the jellyfish-like shape in the sky was a nuclear alien UFO from North Korea. Okay. That's what it was. That's what what they both said it was. Southern Californians and other people uh, out west freaked out. Okay. Uh, Jan Brewer, whose Twitter profile uh, suddenly identifies her as Arizona's 22nd governor, tweeted that she was wondering what the lights over Phoenix were. For some reason, she tagged President Donald Trump. So these jellyfish craft have got people's attention. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, I mean... Uh... I mean, I've not really looked into this. I mean, are you saying that these are more frequent now? Uh, the more frequent now. Okay. Oh, yes, oh, yes, oh, yes. The, 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 the Elon Musk now is apparently is sending craft up or things up there, and they are seeing stuff up there on the... Yeah, I imagine so. Yeah, absolutely. Do you, you know think I mean? he's privy to what's really going on? Yeah, well, he is. He's just a puppet again. Well, Same do, with you, do, you think, do you think he is, or you know? do you think he's, he's... Because I get the impression that he's left to do what he's left to do because people's focus are on that and you know because people have been watching these fireworks go up for years yeah, I mean I watched the space well, flight the, the fireworks big crackers um, that's all yeah you, can't, you can't get out the atmosphere look here what people say you cannot space get out the Van Allen belt for of no course reason you, yeah you can if you go out through no, the poles you can't through the poles you can you're not allowed but, through the poles yeah well um, too much radiation mate Remember space dragon or SpaceX or some of the that I watched I watched the launch and again that was just another that yeah, was just t- another firework okay but but what it is People's fo- yeah, what? people's focus is on those fireworks, and they think this is fuck. This is the cutting edge shit. Because mm. they was talking about that, and they said, "Oh, you know, this is that one that they can they can send it up and then return it, return yeah. it." So you can basically, you know, if you wanted to go on a, an adventure, you go into space for a, for a few days. And it's fascinating. It's interesting. But mm. is is he just being wheeled out there to be a to be the shield for what's really going on behind the scenes? Possibly. Again, he's a frontman. Same with these crafts. What people are seeing, all these craft can all be. I mean, obviously, I can't say they can't all be UFO uh, alien because they can. But let's. I'd like to think that majority of those craft are man-made. No, we can't make them. No, no chance. You've got no chance, mate. We ain't got the know-how, mate. You know, we're still in the Lala country, mate. We're not not advanced enough to make all these craft. I mean, you think these craft? What these jellyfish thing craft and all them are? You know, they want different frequencies. That's if it's they a want this, they're not on this level. I mean, that, could be, that could be alive. What? It could be a live yeah. creature. Absolutely. It could be like something coming in from out, out space into our... Not coming... You know, coming to our... Well, on the space station, yeah. when the Russians did a clean down, um, they Here found... They found again, this bullshit about well, the space station. No, the space station. Bullshit again, the space station's there as a... As a as Nothing's a, out there for You know, as a show... Satellite. As a show, like the Wizard of Oz, look here, don't look over yeah, here. No, yeah, no, yeah, that's well, what yeah, it's for, that's right? Of course it was. So yeah. it's up there, and it, it's showing you this is the, this is the fucking cutting edge of technology. This just put this up there, and it just it just flies around the fucking earth, and that that's as far as we go, right? That is the shit, right? But when the <laughs> Russians were doing a clean down of it, when they got the um, wipes or whatever they use mm. back from the outside, this is they found plankton, yeah, outside, and then they said that well, because it was because one of the um, you know, they the send up uh, like that thing that I was watching the other night. They send it up. They fill it. It sends up. It's full mm. of food and all the rest of it, rations and shit. Yeah. They take all that out and then they put the rubbish in there and bring it back to Earth. Mm. Okay. So the same. Well, because that was launched from Cape Canaveral, it that it picked up picked up plankton there. When it docked with his space station, somehow the plankton transferred from the 
the the, the docking vessel to the craft uh, to the ISS. I, to me, that sounds far fetched. Well, but then it? the alternative is that plankton was just floating around space. Mm. So it's coming from life. somewhere. There's life everywhere, mate. Life everywhere. Yeah, life will find a way. I believe absolutely. Life will find a way again. Yeah, you, know, you look at the the uh, the takeoffs with the Cape Canaveral, all these you know, the spaceships and all that. You know, with that. You know, why, why they go straight up and all of a sudden there's bend? Oh dear, man. where do they go? Into the sea? Or into a mountain range somewhere and land there? No, I think that's... There's nothing can get out from here. Of course. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. They go to net, the, maybe the upper atmosphere and that's it. They cannot go or leave this planet. Who says? I'm telling you now. Who says? Me. Who says? Tony, mate. Who says the cat? Would you well, let the lunatics out the asylum? Who's, who's, to, who's to decide? This, who's to this decide? Run by lunatics. Who's to decide who's a lunatic or not? Well, them above, mate. Who's that? The higher beings. No. You, there's no way they're going to let the lunatics out, mate, and then cause rampage in other planets. Well, they'll let, you, got no they'll let you fucking in. So. Well, again, you know, we're, yeah, because we're in, we're caged in until until a certain time, man. Anyway, but the but I I find these uh, these again the jellyfish ones the. You know, and they're always up in the in the upper atmosphere. You know, and they're high in the sky. And they're, but it must be, I'd love to see one. I bet they're real good. Must be. A, I definitely think they're definitely a, they're, they're organic beings. Mm. Definitely, they're not. A, a, it must I be think, special craft. I mean, it must be a special craft. Unless it's a light show. I think those. Unless he's, unless it is a light show, they, they well, are craft, well, but they can change into. I think you know. These, I, I go these, one uh, step further yeah. now. I mentioned. I think. I think I mentioned this before, mm, but yeah, I'm pretty convinced that a lot of these crop circles, the natural ones, if you like, are, are created by these beings. You reckon? Yeah. Hmm. Whether it's them crashing to earth and dying, or why would they? What, what's the point of coming to earth and dying? There's no point. No, they live in our atmosphere. Well, no, they wouldn't. They're just like another creature, just like a whale in the sea or a bird in the sky. They're just. A plasma being in, in the atmosphere, but when they die, they go mm. somewhere. They either go up or they go down or disintegrate. I don't know, but I think a lot of these fall to the earth, mm. and I think that them crop circles. What you see is that is is the result of that. Mm. Oh, you know, I, I believe the crop circles is is not the pattern. Mother of Earth. I'm not talking about like terror. the alien face and all Doing that shit and with the divas. I'm just talking about the circle crop circles. Mm. Yeah, you yeah. Know, what you see, yeah, in the middle of nowhere. When you see them in like, well, you know, in in an eye sheet somewhere or mm. whatever where no one can get out to so it's not yeah. man-made it's something's happened you know i don't i mean you get on these you know, they come on the news and oh yeah it was a uh, it was a uh, it was david smith and uh, david jones and they went out there with well, the plank. planks and they did it all from yeah, the right you know, let me show you how i make these crops you know it's two in the morning this plank like there and then you go like that and yeah. then you make a crop and, 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 and make any pattern you want <laughs> and then the, but it has been proven that seeing that the, these crop circles come down and within Seconds are there yeah. and are gone. You know, it's not, it's going to take you longer. It's going to take you all night to make. Well, there's crop TV sprayers, isn't there? There's crop sprayers. Uh, yeah, yeah. That have literally gone over that side of the field, spun round, crop, crop dust the other side, and when they've come back, there's a fucking crop circle yeah. there. So, so you know, yeah. and you think farmers are going to let people do this because that's a lot of money that they've just lost. Yeah, I mean, I've seen. Um, again, we'll have to pop that when we've been there. We've been to Salisbury Plains, we? yeah. and we've been to Stonehenge and uh, Silver Hill. Um, we even saw it, but to farmers, I went to look at a crop circle, and there's a box on the gate before you go in with some donations. Put your money, you know, the farmer lets you on his field, put some money in, and go and go look at his crop circles. You don't have to put the money in; it's like a donation. Well, you know, so so if he's yeah, I mean, some farmers if you're love making it. money out of it, yeah. then yeah, that's different. You know, right? Absolutely, some farmers, obviously. It, once the crop circles formed, so is he saying uh, that the them, crops are, is he saying thought, those, those crop circles are real then? 
Oh, absolutely, yeah. So he's not. He's I've saying I've been that, in the crop circle. I've been in, right in the middle. No, of that crop farmer circle. that's getting the donations is he saying that I did not have anything to do with these crop circles? They just form every year. Just form every year. Mm. Form every time. You know, and it, it's, it's proven that once it, once it, once it, the, the crop circles, there is a lot. But we of say this, don't we? Say that they form every year, but obviously there's only crops at certain times of the year. So, well, I mean, it's all around the world. It's not just England, is it? Mm. It's all over. It's all over. It's not, not England. No, I mean America, in this I mean, field. Obviously, in his oh, field, yeah. it happens in the summertime. Mm. Obviously, that's when the crops are fucking there. Yeah, it's not going to happen absolutely. in the winter when there's no, no crops. There's no so. crops here. Well, yeah. Well, it might do, but you won't see them. But that's what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. It might happen loads of times. Oh, he's not saying. I just said he said. Once the crops it, it goes down. So anyway, that's confusing. Yeah, the the best. I think I think the best um, site you've got looking at a a crop circle is on top of Silbury Hill. Check out Silbury or Google Silbury Hill, and you'll know what I mean. It's it's a um, druid uh, hill Mm. pyramid. Yeah, it's a pyramid. Yeah. Mm. Well, well, it's it's not a fact. It is. It's definitely something, mate. Because uh, you know, you just, well, it's def- yeah, it's definitely something. Uh, Google, uh, you know, you, you listeners, Google Silbury Hill, and you know what I'm talking about. But uh, as for them craft, yeah, I think they're definitely organic, mate. Definitely organic. I think they're, they are. Well, it must be some advanced technology to turn a craft into a kind of jelly. F- I don't know. Mate. Mm. Right. So one. before we go, I'm going to include. Another my weird story, which was sent to me by. Right. Andrew Dexter. Right. Uh, and this is about a haunted house that you lived in uh, as a, you know, as growing up as a young child there. And his mother came face to face with his spectre. Um, his mother. His mother. So okay, he didn't. He's seen a lot of phenomenon. Like, um, we believe there's something there. Right. And okay. he's done a lot of research afterwards and found out, um, you know, that it ties back to things that they saw. Right. Okay. Okay. So. Yeah. Uh, I'll let you listen to that, and um, yeah, I think it's a very interesting story. Yeah. Again, you know, if you've got a weird story, send it to us, but listen to this, see what you think. My family and I lived in a large property called Gladstone Villa, in the former mining town of Bagoed, in Caerphilly County, Borough of South Wales Valley, in the UK, from 1969 to 1978. We experienced activity that simply defined rational explanation, such as lights going off and on. We witnessed electrical cables being pulled, and my grandfather, Bill, claimed to have had a glass bottle thrown towards him as he entered the main bedroom, missing him by inches. I didn't personally see this myself, but I still recall the time he came from there with a broken bottle in his hands and told us what had happened. There was the occasional sighting, but this was very rare indeed. So rare, that in all the nine years I was there, I never once saw it. But I did hear it many times in the bedroom. It's still worth mentioning that my mother, Caroline, saw it on at least two occasions. There were also regular footsteps heard in the main bedroom every evening. Sometimes during the day, we'd all be downstairs watching TV. One of us would turn the volume down to hear it more clearly, and my grandfather Bill would point to the ceiling and say, He's by there, and he's by there now, trying to make out where the footsteps were coming from exactly. There were five members of the family that were living at Gladstone Villa. 
My maternal grandfather, William Higgs, known as Bill to the family and friends, a retired miner who had worked at the local colliery. He was a short, bald man who liked nothing more than to listen to his country and western LPs, Johnny Cash and Glen Campbell and so on. He also liked westerns on TV that starred John Wayne or Clint Eastwood. My maternal grandmother, Rita Higgs, she was a short woman who was a housewife. She was completely teetotal, but liked to smoke. She also liked collecting garden gnomes and liked watching soap operas on TV. My mother Caroline Dexter met my father at the local bakehouse in Baldwin Street. She was a day shift regular and my father worked the night shift. He would stay behind to make her a cup of tea and a chat. They dated for three years before they got married on Monday the 1st of April 1968. The Beatles were the number one with Lady Madonna very apt. They did not get a place of their own, but decided to live with my grandparents at Gladstone Villa, which was on Cardiff Road. I was born on the 24th of August 1969, when everyone was listening to the latest number one in the charts, Honky Tonk Woman by the Rolling Stones. It was soon after that my mother said the strange things started to happen. I was just a baby when she said, it all started rather quietly. Small tapping here and there, but nothing too noticeable. But in time, the activity gradually increased. One time, my mother said the family heard a noise, like someone jumping down from the attic onto the landing. Naturally, thinking that someone was trying to break in, they went to see what was going on. When they got there, they found nobody there. But the hatch to the attic was open. Whatever it was evidently occupied itself in the main bedroom, which incidentally was my grandparents' room. It soon made its presence felt by walking around the bedroom and via the sounds of dragon that could be heard. One day, my mother went upstairs to the bedroom to get my father up for work so he could get ready for his night shift. When she got there, she was confronted by the sight of the ironing board placed on my father's torso as he slept. When he awoke, he was astonished to find the situation he was in. He suspected my grandfather Bill was playing a prank, but in time he knew my grandfather was not responsible for it and told his work friends what was going on, and word got around the town that Gladstone Villa was haunted. My parents separated in 1972. My father left Gladstone Villa, but it wasn't because of what was going on there. It was just a breakdown of the marriage. They finally divorced on the 25th of April 1975. The British band Bay City Rollers were number one in the charts with Bye Bye Bay. Again, very apt. It wouldn't have been amusing, but for the fact what was going on there. I was barely two years old and I have no memory of my father leaving Gladstone, but he would come to see me every Saturday and take me out to see my grandparents at the, and the local cinema. Great times, even though the paranormal activity still continued. As I got older, I too witnessed the activity for myself. I actually saw the poltergeist activity 
I saw the electrical cables being pulled by unseen forces. I saw the lights going off and on when my grandfather Bill would play records on Sunday. As the family did the dinner, it would turn the music off. It took exception to the British band Slade and any religious TV that my grandmother Rita would watch. The local police were also involved. I remember them popping their heads in the attic, hesitating and not going in, but they suggested it was my father playing a prank on the family. A family friend, Mrs Ivy Francis. She was more of a friend to my grandmother Rita, and she was very sceptical when my grandmother told her of what was going on in our home. I can still remember Ivy going into the main bedroom, looking around and saying it was vibrations from the local traffic outside that was causing some of the disturbances. But she soon changed her mind when she experienced it for herself. It was then she suggested to get the local press and maybe a medium involved. A medium came by the name of John Matthews. And when he turned up he started to ask the family questions. Then he began by challenging the spirit to perform by knocking on the ceiling and sure enough it responded by knocking back at him. At some point John went into a trance to make contact with it but he failed to get a name. He later confirmed the obvious that indeed a presence was there and it was an earthbound spirit that had unfinished business. A priest by the name of Graham Jones was called to Gladstone. He blessed the property and after a few prayers he duly left and it was quiet for a few short months. No incidents. But it did return and with a vengeance. And this time it decided to show itself. One evening my grandfather Bill and mother Caroline and I were watching television. My grandmother Rita was reading a book. When all of a sudden my mother just so happened to look to her left and saw a full solid figure of a monk standing by the doorway. We did not see this as we were otherwise occupied, but she later described in detail as a monk in a typical brown habit complete with hood over the head, so she didn't see his face. It sounded much like a 16th century Benedictine monk. Fred Davies was a friend of my grandfather Bill. They worked together at the local colliery and will visit most evenings. Fred was a slim man who would wear a flat cap and glasses and smoked homemade cigarettes that hung from his lips when he spoke. So he would sit in his favourite chair by the open fire and talk to the family and watch TV with us. One day Fred was with us in his usual place by the open fire. I was quietly playing with my toys on the sideboard. It was quiet when all of a sudden there was a very loud bang. It was so loud that Fred ducked his head and ran into my mother for comfort. When it was quiet, we all went upstairs. My grandfather Bill would always be the first and I would be the last. When we go into that bedroom, we found nothing that could account for the noise. Fred later told us that he ducked his head as he thought it was going to come through the ceiling. Fred told us another experience he had had at Gladstone. My grandfather Bill liked to look out the landing window that overlooked Cardiff Road and Bagoed Town Centre. 
This time Fred joined him. He said he felt something brush past him. When he looked, there was nothing there. The most frightening experience I had was when I was alone in that particular bedroom. I made sure the light was on and it was very quiet. I was laying on my bed facing the window that overlooked Cardiff Road when I suddenly felt something heavy pounce on the bottom of the bed. I heard the springs go just once and I felt the bed bounce. I didn't look straight away but when I did there was nothing there. I went down the stairs to tell my family and then went back up. We saw distinctive paw marks on the bed, like that of an animal. I later found out that my grandfather Bill had a black Labrador dog called Tovey, who died before I was born. My grandfather Bill and my mother Caroline claimed to have heard a baby crying, but I didn't hear it this time and I took very little notice of what they said. The activity got so bad that my mother, grandmother and I slept downstairs with the lights on. It was only my grandfather Bill who was supposedly brave enough to sleep there. It was then that he himself had yet another experience in there. He told us that he was laying on the bed when all of a sudden he couldn't move. He couldn't even shout out for help. This could have been sleep paralysis, but he said he heard something in the room with him. My grandmother Rita had her own experiences. One day she went upstairs into that room to get my grandfather up, when she saw the boiler door open wide by itself. She didn't stay there to see what it was, but she rushed out of the room. On another occasion, she said she had the sensation of something pulling her from under her foot, like she had stepped on her gown. We had the ghost for so long that my grandmother Rita gave it a pet name. She called him Johnny, and my grandfather Bill would shout out the name to provoke a reaction, but nothing would happen. Ivy Francis' son Charles got to hear about what was going on at Gladstone, and he came along with some friends and my family's permission, and they went into the bedroom. It frightened one of his friends, and to this day, that friend still says it was a spooky place. My mother Caroline had an operation and she ended up on crutches to support her. The local nurse would tend to her foot. My mother was sat on the chair when the nurse came this day and the nurse knelt down to tend to her and she told my mother not to hold her. My mother looked at my grandmother Rita in amazement as she was not holding a nurse at all. My mother made her own conclusion that it was Johnny the ghost that was holding her so that the nurse would not hurt her. The only time I heard the ghost being vocal was in a time we were all in the room. One of us wanted to use the bathroom and we couldn't get in there. My grandfather Bill said, he's behind there. I heard quite distinctive sound of Gregorian chant and that was it, nothing more. We left in the summer of 78 when the local businessman bought the property of Gladstone and it was eventually converted into a small hotel and its name changed to the Red Park Hotel. On the night before we moved, there was one final incident we experienced, as if it knew we were going, and it was its way of saying goodbye. 
My mother, grandmother and I got ready to sleep. The light was still on and we heard the door knob turning. As if someone was trying to get in. At first I naturally suspected my grandfather Bill. As he was the only one who was asleep upstairs. And possibly he was playing a prank. I called out to him but there was no answer, no laugh. That would give him away. We then heard our belongings that we had packed in the hallway being thrown around. The next day I asked my grandfather if it was him playing a joke on us. He insisted it wasn't, and to this very day I believe him. I had my 40th birthday at the Reds Park Hotel in August 2009, for old times sake. There was a female member of staff there who told me about the ghost and I told them what happened to us 30 years before. The staff member told me her own personal experience, lights going on and off and odd sightings in room 5. A bride in white was seen. Again, as were the claims of a baby crying, that made no sense to me. I did research the property and Cardiff Road area, and I found some very interesting things indeed. I found, out from Bagoad Library, a local newspaper archive that Gladstone Villa dated back to 1900. It was named after the former British Prime Minister William Gladstone. I discovered previous people that lived there. The Kinernit family in 1924, a new married couple, Mike and Evelyn Kimmet, and a son named Elvin, had died at the property just four months old, according to the archives of the Cardiff newspaper the Western Mail, of that year. This explained the baby my mother and grandmother had heard in the bedroom. Mrs. Elvin Kimmet died in 1970, soon after I was born. Maybe this is why the activity all started. I also found that there was a monastery in Baldwin Street, where my parents met and worked and there was a property directly opposite the former Gladstone property in Cardiff Road, dating back to the 16th century. This was a public house called the Rafa Club. A priest's hide hole is said to be there, but all sealed up, so maybe that explains the monk my mother saw. What I've said here is true. I wouldn't share this if I couldn't possibly back it up, and as I've used real names, I have nothing to hide. Of course, my family can verify this as well. Sadly, some of the people mentioned are no longer with us. I challenge any hardened sceptic or firm non-believer that I can assure them they will indeed most certainly question their belief system. Of this, I have no doubt whatsoever. In fact, I'm 100% positive. You may Google this property. It's still in the Cardiff Road, Bagoed, Wales, UK, near Caerphilly in Cardiff. The place needs to be fully investigated and is well worth documenting. I'm quite serious about this and very sincere. Fascinating. Interesting, yeah? Yes. Uh, again, uh, can I also add, Lee, that when people see monks... Well, that's why I was going to mention the monk, because why is it always a, why is it always a monk? See, for me, the monk... I know you've monk. got a theory on this, yes. but for me, the monk would be the last person who would be... Um, let's say, um, what do you call it? You know, when someone's trapped on the air, what do you call that? 
Hmm? Earthbound, you mean? No, there's a name. Yeah, there's that, but there's another word we use, isn't there? Like a lost soul. Earthbound spirits only earthbound. Yeah, but 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 a monk, you think they would be the he'd be the he'd be the first one with a golden fucking ticket, you know? Straight up there, Saint Peter, let me fucking in. Where's the no, virgin? No, 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 it didn't work. It doesn't work like that. I've, I've, I've staved off this, this for forty-five years. Where's the fucking knickers? Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah there you go. But, 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 but it always seems like there's not that many monks, and it seems that like every single oh, one of them is a ghost. So yeah, but you see, there's different. What was it? What was the difference between monks and priests in them days? A cloak. That's it. Right. And um, the monk may have been black magic anyway. It might be dark magic. So again, you, you, whatever you got, your monks and priests. I mean, in them days, all used to chant is a chant thing. You remember the monks chant? You know, all the monks in the prayers. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Gregorian, that's my, yeah. yeah, Gregorian chants. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone's black magic. Someone black magic priest, mate. You know, and if they did that, they did. That's you know, they'd stick there. Might you set know. that on X Factor. Yeah, well, well yeah. Would it win? What if sh- I did it? Shit, anyway. Both of it. What X Factor on me? Both. Mm. Anyway, um, yeah, so sometimes when people see a monk, you're not. You're seeing a priest in a cloak. Okay. You know, um, unless he takes his, 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 uh, his hood off and you can see where he's been cut, you know, where they, what they call the hairstyle, you know. Yeah, the fire took. Or... The fire took, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but name, most of them, but I've never, ever, I mean, again, um, I might be wrong. Um, Probably. But I'm saying every account I've heard, the, the, the hood's always have been up, yeah. never down. But that's what that's what identifies it as a monk, isn't it? Yeah, but he's never got his yeah. hood down. No. He's always been up. But again, I still don't see why a holy man. It might not be. It might. It might not be a monk. It could be anybody in a in what you call them, cowls. It could be yeah, anybody. A cowl habit, is it? Yeah, but it might not be a monk. It might be somebody in a cowl and hood. So it might not be a monk. Mm. But everybody, oh, he's got his hood. It's, it's a monk. It's well, what a monk, what if it? it is a monk? Though? What if it? What if he's got a Bible in his hand and? Uh, you know, and a uh, crucifix in the other. It's, I'm just saying. Why, why is it? Why would a monk be earthbound? Some are earthbound because was not very, some don't. Again, the human mate. Some make you know, some are there and don't want to go. They want to hang about. You know, again, and again, they. If you don't want to go, there's nothing there that can force you to go back. I think if you want to stay, you stay. I think it's maybe but only the, by your own mind. Because remember. Like in the like Star Wars, your mind controls your your mind controls your soul. Is it the pos- is it the possibility it's the other way around where they've been focused on this um life after death situation for, there's for nothing the whole like that in them days, was there? There's no like but, lectures in them days. No, but they, they, they've they been know. focused, they've spent the whole life devoted to this god, etc. But then maybe duped. maybe you know, <laughs> it's not what they thought after they die, and then it's like that keeps them Stuck here looking for answers, kind of thing. And again, it, you know, it's it, it. Then again, it could be residual as well. You know, it might not. It might be just a replay. It might be residual energy where the monk standing there because he could be standing there, you know, in the fireplace in in his lifetime. Mm, and so it replays, well, yeah. and you see a monk standing outside. The, Same, you know, I was yeah. watching. Um, you have to do time slips again because it's brilliant, isn't it? Yeah, because I was thinking about that one. You know, I told you, you know about my granddad and that, and then my dad. Had one as well. I told you about mm. that, didn't I? Where he went yeah, around yeah. the corners, knew the name of that yeah. pub. Um, this is this is where again, yeah, I mean, it fascinates me because who's the ghost? Mm. No, that's it. Well, both of you out. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it? yeah. It's really yeah. brilliant, isn't it? Because again, we had them uh, people on from Scotland, didn't we? Uh, a few weeks ago, and he he told he tells a tale about him going to a house and he saw an old lady and she was frightened, but it was like she he was the ghost. She was looking at him and yeah. you know, yeah. So she's he the old time lady. sleep. 
Yeah, she's the old lady for... that's been telling everyone. I've just seen someone in the never seen. She's fucking gone. She's, yeah, she's gone. gone. Yeah, she's gone. Yeah. But it was actually so. He went back into her time, yeah. and she thought he was a ghost. You see, so who's a ghost? Yeah, both fascinating. Yeah. But I always said my theory is time, the, the past, the present, and the future are working all at the same time. Well, yeah, I mean, we don't understand time. That's time fair to is, say. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, we, it's, it's like a, if you have a clock at ground level, atomic clock, and yeah. and, and you take an atomic clock up up a hill or a mountain, then mm. they'll be slightly different. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Yeah. So Where wherever only... you get away from the air, the the, the the slower time runs. Well, I don't believe it. Or the faster. I think we're, we're faster. the only species that measure something that don't exist. Time. Mm. We measure it, but you can't measure it. But where it's measurable, there is a difference, mm. which it shouldn't be. As, mm. as our That's why I said there's time. movement, yeah. and it doesn't stop. You think, oh, it's stop, time well, this is what now. This has always been my, um, my thing about these people who go on about, oh, uh, and you think aliens have come from... Uh, 35 fucking light years come up and all this. Uh, yeah. you couldn't do it and I'm like well you can do it because can. the faster you go the less mm. you less you age so I mean I've got a little theory here right I mean you might laugh at me which you usually do anyway we, mm. well, it's my it's theory here and I think it's very possible not just me it's, it's the millions like, of listeners as well possible yeah. yeah my theory is and I think it is and I think it's true and I think it works because it's logical right say so you die now say so your body dies you go home to spirit world okay right. Okay, now this is this is you know I've I've had so many cases where again, it, but I'm, I'm not going I'm not going down there. No, that's not right. So you go home right, and the guy comes to you and says, right, your next life, um, what do you want to do? Ugh. Right. So the guy says, I'll tell you what, you this time you was born in nineteen. Was you when you was born? Lee? 19, 84. 19, 84. 1984. Okay. So you've had that life. Is right. Your next life, you're going to be a bit tougher. Um, I'm going to be tougher. Yeah, no, you need to tough. go out of a tougher life, right? right? Okay. Experience hunger. Say that, but yeah, so the guy says to you, <laughs> the guy says to you, right, you, we, we, we're going to send you now back to Earth, okay, for next life. But I'm afraid the the year is going to be 1900. Okay. So next time you go here, you were born in 1900. Is that possible? No. Why? Because it's already happened. You, no, you just said time doesn't exist. No, no. Well, yeah. Time doesn't. It, nothing. It, but it, why it, go back? Why, why, why not give me the option to go to a different planet? No, 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 no this is... A, Another you, solar system. No, because this planet is... I don't want to come back to this planet. No, no, you've got no choice. There's no me. point. You, you, you I've done it. Come here. It's like watching the same movie over this and over This is again. a university. This is a college, mate. You've come here for lessons, Right, okay? well, I don't like college. Well, I know you don't, but again, it, that's, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying like a, a brainwashing college, like school is. I'm saying you come here for different lessons. School so. just keeps you there so your parents can go to work. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you learn to add. You learn to add. I'm not bothered about that. that. They, don't you, give, they give you degrees and they keep you in, they keep you in university, etc. for, for four, Bullshit. ten, five uh, years, whatever. It's only just I, I to keep you, truant, just to keep never you there. there. I hated it. So you don't have to go and find a job because there ain't no jobs. So this is where you see, this is where some people come out of the houses and all of a sudden it goes to 800 and see all these carriages and horses and people walking by. They don't see her, but she sees them. So that's still happening. That yeah, time period's still happening. Yeah, I know. I that, think I know, you can. Well, I th- well, why why would you come back in uh, nineteen ninety? I won't. Uh, and, and then because exp- well, you wouldn't really experience unless you was like in, on obviously a, a country where there's poverty and yeah, I understand that. But I think the going back to the nineteen hundreds, we're obviously like Manchester. Well, yeah, you know, where yeah. people step over, you just die. You're hungry, they step over you. You know, they give a shit about you in them days to experience that. But I think it, I think it's very I'd rather possible. not. I mean, if it, you know, I think it's very possible yeah. mm, well, to go back to a time period. 
you know, he could go back to the time of King um, King Henry VIII. So how come no one Tudors? goes back to the dinosaur days then? Well, no one, t- no one told us about. So, you know, no, nobody told us about. How dinosaurs, come we don't do find we? like skeleton? How do we find like human beings in a cave of a saber-toothed tiger or something? Well, then we haven't. Well, we don't. This not, no. The scientists aren't going to tell you that. Or, they? or they look like the cat of the bag, riding around on a T-Rex. You never know, mate. There's many theme parks so you, like that. You so know? you can go back. You can go, go back, back in time, time, but you can't. You can only go to a certain point. No, no. I, I think you can go back to like you can go back in the 1700s. I think you're the making 90s. this up as you go. No, I'm making the future as well. I mean, right. look at them people. On um, was it the Philadelphia experiment? Right. And they went back. Apparently, they went back to the future. I back don't to the it. future. Yeah, back to the future. Was it 2000 and no, sorry, is it 22? Was that coming? Uh, 2236. I think it was, and they said, "This is the future." To all the people, what did you see? People in silver clothes, clothes flying around, in... flying all. all yeah, there's no cars. Yeah. As you, have, right. it's like a yeah. sci-fi yeah. music movie. Well, I was told that was going to happen before I left school. Yeah, yeah. Well, they don't, they're not going to get, not going to get that, mate. Free energy. That's they said, over, "Join the it. army because there won't be join the army because there won't be jobs for you. The robots will be doing all your jobs." Yeah, okay, yeah. We That's are the robots. Song. Yeah. This is what I'm saying. This is what, this is what the rope. This is what they're saying, mate. But I, I think am a robot. Dead. Yeah. I think when you go home, uh, and you do, um, you can go to different time. Pe- uh, I, it might take years. I know you're not going to agree with me, but this is my take on it. I think we're in a giant holodeck, a giant holodeck, and the settings on this one right. is very high, okay. so you can die. So life is pointless. No, it's an experience. It's a, it's a play area, mate. Right. To enjoy, you're not supposed. So no one you're tells. Supposed to come to work. No one thinks. Come here to enjoy yourself. Live no one, life. No one work. plays Mario. No, but that's not. No one plays Holocron. Mario. That's not, that's well, not, no. That's not no one plays Mario and really, really Look at Star worries Trek, what about they what do. he's yeah, You can do anything in the holodeck. You know, you can you can be with beautiful women and make no. out with beautiful women and, and they're real, touchable and real. Because the settings on a medium, right? But well, this setting here, if I could adjust, if I could adjust the settings, right? So would you? If you, if you said, look, I want out. That door opened and it said, right, I want out of this holodeck. Would yeah. you leave? Yeah. No, you can't. Why? You just got your wife and your children downstairs, man. But they don't exist. They do. It's all a hologram. Oh, no, you're you're, you're a hologram. No, yeah, this oh, is a hologram. Possible. This conversation never happened. Uh, I'm not going in because no, he, let's he, not. He's not. Because yeah. <laughs> you're confusing the show. No, I'm not because they are real. This is the hollow deck, mate. Don't, your children are real and your wife's real. Right. I'm real. Well, I think I am anyway. But it's uh, all a hologram. It's all no, an illusion. This is, Time's this is an illusion. Everything. Right. So anyway, well, let's, let's just, get out of that. That's let's just stick to the simple to... fact of this is it for now. Right. Yeah. That's it. That's it. Yeah. That's all we can go- know for sure. Yeah. Right. For now, mate. For now. That's my take on it, buddy. Uh, uh, can I? Can I? Can I tell a little story? We got, have I got time? Uh, yeah, you know, as much time as you want. <clears throat> right, I'm going. But okay, I'll, I'll <laughs> tell a story then, mate. What I'm saying is, I mean, we knew we've been to Stonehenge. We've been all around Glastonbury, and that we feel it's energy and power. It's fantastic. Wow. Right? Well, I have. I think not it, you, because yeah, you, no. you're you sit in the fence. No, well, no, I felt something. I tell you, but I, I think it well, was. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting. Yeah, yeah. But I don't think it was built for humans. That's my well, issue uh, with well, it. Well, yeah, I don't believe that. Yeah, it, yeah. It, so it, I don't it, think that we go was, there and get like this. You know, like these hippies that go there and start hugging rocks and feel well, that, like getting hard on and think this is this is it. I'm going to shag all night here because this is the energy. No, no, no. no. Uh, I don't think that was built. It's a for portal, in it from one place to another. Portal. Portal. Yeah. Portal. A portal. Sorry, yeah. portal. Portal. A porthole. So what's on a oh, ship? Oh, portal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. same thing. It's a ship in it. Alien ship. Uh, Spaceship. Yeah. 
This is called. Um, I, I saw this, and I, and you you think it's a bit bogus. Well, I believe it. And I think yeah. it could have happened. And I I have done some research, and it's it is it happened, but it just got pushed away. Yeah, well, that's okay. possible. Yeah, I can't disagree. Disappearance of the Stonehenge hippies. Good. Yeah, I've got I've got their names as well. Right. In the early morning of a day in August 1971. A small group of young adults set up camp in the centre of the Stonehenge structure. A freak weather storm that had blown in over Salisbury Plain struck at approximately 2am in the morning, of course. Lightning struck nearby trees and even the stone monoliths themselves. So lightning hit the stones. Imagine it would have, yes. Yeah. Which were reported by several witnesses to have uh, glowed a Bright blue. Two witnesses. Yeah. Right. Which caused them to alert, uh, sorry, avert their eyes as they heard screaming. Later oh, investigation. <laughs> well, the hippies is not seventy one, mate. Yeah. It's, it's flower power. Okay, isn't yeah. it? Later investigation into the reported screaming revealed no remains of the group, and only their smouldering camp equipment remained. The group was identified to be. Mrs. Julia Ashton, uh, Mr. Lucas Adams, Mrs. Sherry Wilson Jr., Mr. Daniel Wilson, Mrs. Wilma Rupert. Uh, On the day of of the 1977, a journal from Daniel Wilson was discovered in the nearby area, speculated to have been accidentally dropped on the way to the structure. Can't see it, can you? No, well, he would have gone back for it, wouldn't he? Surely he just dropped it when he vanished, didn't he? I don't know. Three notes from other members of the group were discovered fairly intact, approximately seven kilometres from the original campsite, speculated to have been uh, blown away from the tent, unseen by investigators. Right, the transcript of the journal entries that relate to the trip is as follows. Journal entry 1, J- July 10th, 1971. A couple of buddies and I took a trip yesterday and we just talked about the usual. Our girls, families, shit like that. Over smoke, we got talking about how we should totally camp in that big rock place in England. He meant Stonehenge. I wasn't really up to the idea, but after a few more smokes, after a couple of drinks, I caved in. We invited our girls, maybe a few friends, and take a trip to the place. He left a couple of hours later and I turned over my mind. Seemed like a pretty good idea at the time. But I wasn't too sure if those dicks of law enforcement would let us to hell if Lucas didn't make us try. So you've got all these entries, mm. all these entries. I'm looking at these now. I think it's worth pointing out that in the 70s you were allowed to get to Stonehenge. Yes, in the, now yeah, you have you to just, get a yeah, bus and yeah, that, yeah. don't you? Yep. You have to get a bus and you can't go anywhere near the rocks without getting shouted at. Uh, correct. Um, again, these are... Again, the, the just all entries coming in. That's because people uh, damage them, though. Yeah, well, they. I mean, I mean, in the Victorian times, mm. um, the people used to take a hammer and chisel, you know. Yeah, take a bit home, yeah. Take a bit home with them. A bit of the, you know, a bit of the old, you know. That's why it was actually banned after that. All these journals in there. But again, after the discovery uh, of these transcripts, it is assumed by conspirators that Wilma Rupert was a psychic and that she had frequently been visited and abducted by aliens like her father. The storm, although predicted, was more destructive and chaotic than was originally expected. Presumably due to the UFO's approach, 
It also had been theorised that the Stonehenge structure is used for supposed aliens to land or locate potential abductees. Anyway, as of yet, further investigations into the disappearance of the group of five had been postponed indefinitely by higher up European and American authority. Future research into the event is under pending but will most likely not be allowed due to this incident and all overnight camping in and around Stonehenge structure is illegal and can be penalised. So, you know, the witnesses was a policeman and a farmer and uh, they went over to, they heard screaming and went over and there's nothing. All that was left was the group had gone um, and the, the, some of their camp gear was smouldering, that's it. But the five people were never seen again. So that's the uh, disappearance of the Stonehenge hippies. Bullshitly, tale, or do you reckon did it happen? I don't know. I don't know. Just seems like creepy pasta to me. Uh, why? I mean, I, I sent, I sent some, I sent some stuff on the hangout you stay about this. Did you, did you get I that? just think if people disappeared like that, then they wouldn't have anyone near the fucking place. Well, they don't now, do they? Well, well I mean, in the sense one, yeah, it was still, flower power and yeah, people camp there. People and, still go there now, don't they? Yeah, but I think that. more people are awake now and more, well, I'm not, I'm not saying no, not really. And they have security guards there on a night time, don't they? Yeah, they will. I think um, definitely uh, these people are missing. Again, I, my, my theory, and you might be the same way, uh, portal. That's what it was used for. Because these, these, these structures are all over the world. So if you wanted to, say you had a, you know, uh, a person in America who wanted to go to England, instead of taking four or five weeks, whatever, on the on the sea... Go to one structure in that one. Mm. The portals. Well, yeah, I mean... So obviously I a storm like hit. I don't, think, storm I don't hit, think it was built for people, so whatever the four is beyond us. Yeah, I mean, like, you've got to view me the triangle. You mm. know, some planes go in at certain times, there's a storm, bang, never seen again. Never seen again. Yeah. They well, just I, disappear. Yeah. Or there's that. Or Ships there's, and planes yeah. and... The universe does take people every now and then. Of course again. it does, yeah. People vanish. So are they going to a different time? This, this is again, my, this is my theory on... Mm. I just, I just think it's a little bit, a little bit far fetched from my liking. But who's to say? Who's to know? Yeah, absolutely. Who's to know? Anyway, on that, let's uh, call that a day. Call that a day. Don't forget to uh, subscribe. That's the most important thing you can do, really. Um, I have people messaging me the other day saying, "When's the next show out?" And I said, "Well, I just uh, posted because we've gone to this ten day thing." Correct. Um, people, I said I just posted it the other day and it was like oh yeah and then they messaged me back saying oh yeah yeah it's up there yeah yeah. so obviously not subscribe but then um, some people can't subscribe so it depends where you listen to the show you don't always have an option to subscribe yeah so if, you, if you're if you in a place where you can't subscribe then change where you listen to the show because you know your pod, not just our podcast I'm mm. about podcasts in general because yeah. surely if you want to be somewhere you could subscribe it's just a lot easier isn't it yeah um, especially with us doing the ten day thing now, you'll get a nice surprise um, every ten days, won't you? Yeah, absolutely. So, because it'll drop in different places like, throughout the month, won't it? Yeah. So, be I don't know. Maybe it'll be interesting. Maybe it, maybe it's shit. I don't know. But anyway, uh, that being said, keep your reviews coming. Keep your yep. make sure you subscribe. Keep your reviews coming. Uh, keep sending us your weird stories. Uh, we've got a few to get through. So, if you haven't heard yours yet, we are doing it. It's just um, it's just fitting it in where we're going to fit it in. 
And uh, what's the other thing? Join the hangout. Join the hangout, please. Yep. Join, like the page. Yep. And, uh, and get in touch. Yeah, and uh, we'll be in about an hour and a half time, me and Lee are going for a, a, a investigation tonight. We will let you know the results of the investigation. So that, anyway, thank you very much for listening, and we will uh, catch you next time. Yeah, indeed. Have a great week, and uh, yeah, we'll see you on the other side. Goodbye now. Well, they've gone. No, just for now. It wasn't the right time for us to meet. But there'll be other nights, other stars for us to watch. They'll be back.